There aren't many faces people are excited to see first thing in the morning before they've even had their coffee. But the McDonald's drive through workers who take your order on the way to work have almost all of those faces. Because nothing brings more joy in the morning than a 99 cents any size iced coffee. Pair it with a glazed pull apart donut for a truly great morning. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Only available until 11 a.m. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the WIM podcast. Women in Influencer Marketing, or WIM for short, is a first-of-its-kind exclusive networking group made up of inspirational women. This podcast is where we explore influencer marketing, advertising trends, and get real about women in business. Our mission is to network, to foster leaders within this exciting industry, and to share information to make our work stronger. That's where this podcast comes in. We'll bring you fresh perspectives on timely topics facing the industry from expert voices in the space. Find us wherever you download podcasts. And of course, you can always find us at IamWim.com. That's IamWim.com. Katya, it's so good to have you back on the show. So first and foremost, welcome. I Thank you for having me again. I will come on a third and a fourth time as many times as you'd like. Like, yes. It's always great to have a conversation with you, especially talking about like influencer marketing in general, one of my favorite subjects. So I mean, from one positive podcaster to another, I feel like yes. you and I could probably legit talk about this for like a long time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I don't know Absolutely. Yeah, like I don't know that we necessarily have like many pauses and like what are we talking about next? Like between you and I, like we can just keep it going. But that's another reason why I wanted to have you on the show. I just feel like you're like a wealth of knowledge. You like love the space, and I'm just happy to have you back. So thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's just dive into it. I've got like a few questions teed up, but you know, from last time, like I just like keeping this casual. I think it's always wonderful to get people's perspectives. You're in such a unique situation because, you know, you work for this wonderful company, Grin, who also has, you know, the podcast that I was referring to for anyone who doesn't know, it's through Grin, which is so cool that they like support, you know, just thought leadership and continuous sort of education that a a podcast produces. We will, you know, share a link to your podcast. I highly recommend it for anyone who's listening. And obviously people who are listening to this, I would assume like audio. So (laughs) yeah, absolutely. I always want to recommend my friend's shows. um, And it's a really, really good one. So I have a question for you. I think this is, I I was trying to like, think of specific questions to ask you today that are just like particularly relevant to discussions that I've heard recently, right? Like very timely conversations. I think that a lot of people are seeing dollars shifting from, you know, giant advertising budgets in traditional media, like, you know, TV commercials and things like that. And, you know, if we didn't think they were going to go over to digital before the pandemic sure ensured that. (laughs) And so with that amount of money comes responsibility to prove out like ROI of those campaigns and sort of say like, you made the right decision. You went with the right partner and the right, you know, sector of advertising marketing, which is influencer marketing. 
my question for you, I'd love your insight on like, how can brands best prove out their ROI? I love this question because I think it is probably one of the most frequently asked questions, anything kind of related and surrounding ROI. How can I prove that this is working? And I think us as marketers in general are kind of always primed to like prove that our existence is needed. You know, like everybody celebrates marketing when things are going really well. And it's kind of generally that first thing to get cut when like, you know, budgets get tightened up. But when it comes to influencer marketing, I'm, I'm totally going to throw you for a loop here. I'm going to say that before you even look for ROI, you have to define what your objective is and honestly, how you're going to measure success. That is going to be the definition of ROI for you. For me, I consistently see is a lot of brands want to double down on influencer marketing, but they can't tell me what their goal was initially and how they would define success, right? So it's really hard to course correct midway and say, hey, this is a return on investment because there's so much more to investing in influencer marketing and seeing what you get out of it besides like the initial sale, right? So I would say like the next thing is don't keep influence marketing siloed. Don't make it just, this is influencer marketing. This is one post. What did I get out of this one post? Now there are programs and there are tiers within even a program where that can be like the objective and like proving success is just that dollar. But I always say like, when it comes to influencer marketing, you're going to get three things always. You're always going to get brand awareness. You're always going to get content and you're always going to get revenue. How much you get of each of those things really depends the levers that you pull and push and the knobs that you twist. So I say, don't keep it siloed. Don't keep it to influencer marketing group. Don't keep it to, it should not be, you know, the growth team versus the social team versus the influencer marketing team. Who's bringing in the bucks. Like if we all work together, we can clearly define what that return on investment is on influencer marketing and, you know, down to the content, down to the influencer as well, too. Can you say that louder for the people in the back? <laughs> oh, no, I know, right? Yes, that's so pivotal. And i it's just refreshing to hear that. But I interrupted you. What else were you no. going to add to that? <laughs> oh, okay. That was great. Because what I was going to say is like, really, the key is beyond that post, right? You're evaluating, okay, what did this post give me? You should evaluate it. I'm not saying don't evaluate it. You have to, right? <laughs> like, that's how you know what to double down on the next time. Either the aesthetic of this post worked for me or like this influencer worked for me. You got to determine what you get out of that. But also the key to really seeing a return on investment is repurposing that content, right? Or leveraging your influencer for more than just like that single post, right? Like the repurposing of the content to me, when you look beyond the post and you look to repurpose content, then it turns into a content marketing 101 right? Like, what am I going to do with this content? Where am I going to distribute it? And then you have to evaluate those distribution channels and that content and all of the numbers, all of the dollars that come in from that one repurposed content piece that goes into your influencer marketing, right? Like connection of like, oh, I did get a return on investment for that, right? Because I wouldn't have had that post had I not had influencers you know, working in my program, right? Like it, it's being able to look at your entire program holistically to truly identify that return on investment.
I appreciate that so much. I don't hear a lot of people talk about that often or certainly not often enough. It's just that like there are so many different teams working on you working for brands, hard stop. <laughs> and there's so many data points that each team is gleaning from the work that they're doing. Absolutely. And that can a thousand percent inform another team and vice versa and i don't know it seems almost kind of cheesy like let's all work together but like <laughs> it's true it's 100 so, true. it's so true and it just seems like a coordination issue like you know like it just seems like a foundational disconnect where maybe we're just stuck in our in the, our old ways or more often than not it's probably that companies that are doing influencer marketing like added that on so much later that it sort of just feels so siloed but yeah. hopefully we've all been doing it for long enough that we can picture it and fit it into the larger organization so that it informs they all inform each other it's so important yeah and that's why i say like don't keep it siloed like what is your growth team doing or do they need display ads do you need to do whitelisting right um, and if you need to prove your influencer posts worked out better than like the ads that you're posting, run them up against each other. What's that cost per click? What are the impressions that you're getting? How many like downloads, sales, like purchases are you getting from like even just using that content within like a paid post, right? And that's how you can attribute it back. But it does require, like <laughs> like you said, it is a little bit cheesy. cheesy. Can't we all work together? But it is 100% true. I know even for my team here at Grin, you know, I've got, I'm the content department. So we're content production and we're mass producing just tons of content that can be used. We don't manage that distribution part. Like we prep things for distribution, but I couldn't do like distribution without distribution leaning on content. Like all of our jobs in marketing, I feel like overlap. There's room at the table for everybody and there's room at the table for everybody to have a voice. So we may as well listen. I like that. I love that. What do you feel like are, I mean, I'm going to pivot slightly, but even just to go back to, you know, we're talking about proving out ROI. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's very wise of you to say, like, you have to define what your goals are for sure to only then discover what your ROI is to be able to yeah. prove it. Fantastic. Let's go back to even just like finding the influencers to work on a campaign, because I think what's pivotal is always finding the right influencers to be yeah. able to prove out that ROI, yeah. right? Um, set yourself up for success as much as humanly possible. So like, are you in your purview? Like, what are you finding that maybe is like a trick, a hack, like a go-to, like, I don't know, just a, a, a tried and true way of finding the right influencers for, for brands? Um, I'll do one better. I'm going to give you three top things that I think need to happen in order for you to find that right influencer. And the first one is a repeat, define your objective <laughs> and define how you're gonna measure success. If you don't know what the objective of what you wanna be able to accomplish with influencer marketing is, it's gonna be really a challenge to find the right influencer because that's gonna help inform that. The second thing that I would say is, um, and I feel so strongly about it, I'm gonna say it three times, buyer persona, buyer persona, buyer persona. Look at who your buyer persona is that's going to be then you reverse engineer that and that's going to be your influencer persona 
as well too, right? Like it feeds into the influencer persona that you want to build out because it's not so much the influencer, it's the audience that you're trying to connect to. And you want to make sure that influencer truly connects with that audience as well too. So you're not going to achieve all the things that you want to achieve if you're speaking to the wrong audience. You're going to get eyeballs for sure. But if eyeballs wasn't your objective, this is a way to ensure that you are, you know, reaching that objective, which is why that's step number one. Um, step number two, the buyer persona. And then step number three is uh, look in front of your nose. That's what I would say. I don't know. I mean, I think we both have kids. I don't know how many times you get this question of where's the ketchup or where's this? Where's that? I've looked. Have you really looked? I've totally <laughs> looked just to walk to the fridge, open it up and like, oh, this one right here on the third shelf where you didn't look, that's not in your line of sight. To me, it's look in front of your nose, like the easiest influencers for you to um, reach out to are the people who already love your brand, who already have a brand affinity, right? So you're looking for that and it's closer than you think. I feel like digging deep and searching comes like after you've already looked at what's in front of you and then looking at those for references to like, Hey, who else can you introduce to this brand? Who else can we have? Right. So there's a lot that leans into just kind of your influential customers already. Katya, that's so good. I love that. I, I feel like, you know, sometimes the right answers or the answers in life are sometimes like the more simple ones and, absolutely, you know, and like why overcomplicate it? what you're saying is so true. Like if you have access to influencers who are already mentioning you and already tagging you and, and using your product, like use those first and then like maximize them and grow those relationships. And I like, it sounds obvious, but it's not. And so I so appreciate you bringing it up because I feel like a lot of people are like, all right, like maybe it's like, the next best thing like you know they're like i don't i want to search and see maybe there's somebody else that's even better but like if they are an organic fan currently presently like go there first i love it absolutely they're also easier to please when it comes to just how much to pay them um mm-hmm. if they want just the product i mean i know for myself if there is a product that i love i'd way rather get like a supply of the product right Um, But then again, I'm not an influencer, so probably not a good example. But you know what I'm saying? Like if someone already loves your brand, they want to try new things. They want to be part of like the process. You know, it's essentially this is a people to people business is really what it is. And we trust people. We it's harder to trust brands. So that's also why like influencer marketing is so successful is people to people. You're telling me what you actually use. Don't tell me the BS. Because I can spin anything as a brand to fit into like a model. But like when an influencer says it and they truly believe it, that kind of authenticity, it takes a little bit more legwork to find the right influencer in quotes. But like it's it is well worth it because they will over deliver for you in the end. So you're putting in your time like at the beginning to find that right person. So after you're look, done looking in front of, you know, your nose and the people that already love you, like what can those people tell you about the other potential people within like that next circle outside of that? I think of it in like almost like this Russian dolls of like circles, like look closer and then bigger and then bigger and then bigger. 
I love that. It's so wise. I wonder, like, I think you know this about me. I like, I love tech and like influencer tech. And so that's why yeah. like, I just geek out over all things about it. I think your tool is awesome. I'm curious, like, do you guys have the ability to dive into like into listening tools, basically, like, can you like set up, you know, I'm X brand, and I just want to see who's organically mentioning me, like, who should be on my radar? Do you guys have that ability with Brynn? Well, I'm so glad that you asked, Jesse. Yes, of course we do. We have a tool called um, social listening. It's not that traditional social listening that you would, you know, hear on like Sprout Social, but what it does allow you to do is it allows you to follow hashtags and, you know, at signs that you want to keep tabs on. And that's another great way. Like that's that second circle, right? After you have the brand affinity, who's tagging me, right? And I think a lot of people gravitate towards like going to Instagram and looking at the tag, you know, the tag pictures for their brand, which is easy, but like having a tool like Grin, well, now this sounds like a shameless plug, but it truly is like an advantage to it, right? That's that next circle that you're looking at. Who's already mentioning you? Take a look at what their feed looks like. Dive into those people or people maybe that are following a hashtag that you want to be part of, right? Like there's this dream as a brand to be part of like a trending hashtag. Who's talking about that? Do I like their content? Is their lifestyle or, you know, even their story share something with mine as a brand. And like, I can just envision, like, I don't know, just like if I had a brand, I would, I would always want to know who's talking about me. And yeah. then like you mentioned, like just digging into it deeper to say like, okay, well, cause then it comes to, well, what type of partnership do I want with them? Yeah. And I don't know. I just, I love the customizability. That's probably not a word. Customization. Yeah. I don't know. Customization. I love it. Let's make it a word. <laughs> customizability <laughs> of influencer marketing. And I feel like people are so often trying to do it at scale that they sort of, the art of it sort of goes by the wayside sometimes. And yeah. to be honest, that sort of is disheartening to me yeah. um, because if there was, you know, 48 hours in a day yeah. <laughs> and we just had more time and more, more resources. Let's be honest, you know, gosh, you could like, you know, obviously see who's following you, like check out, I don't know. There's so many details because we're dealing with yeah. human beings at the end of the day. And then not just say that I want to work with this person, but like, oh, this person could inspire an entire campaign or like the entire, yes. you know, like maybe we should do a live event with this person, but oh my gosh, this person, you know, their stories are phenomenal or they're in, you know, IG uh, lives are great. Let's do some live streaming together. Like, yes. I don't know, just diving really deep into the content of the influencers that just talk about you. I wonder how many people really take the time, have the time to yeah. dig fully deep into that because of course we see the value in it. Um, out of curiosity, like the people that use Grin the most, is there a dedicated person on the team who uses it? Is it just used by the whole team? You know, like, Who's really diving into it and using it the best, the most? I, it's the people that have like the dedicated team, right? Like, or the just dedicated team or dedicated time, right? To really improve on their program. Because to your point, it really comes down to time. It takes time. I'm not even going to pretend like influence marketing isn't 
like a time suck. That's why it's its own discipline, right? I also feel that same way about social media management in general too. It's not because it's hard, but it is something that takes time. It's that slow burn of marketing. It's the SEO versus the paid, right? The paid is for the quick wins. The SEO is the slow and the slow and steady, right? You always have to have a tortoise and the hare. So like for me, that's definitely the way that I view it. Yeah, I appreciate that. And and so maybe that's like, would you suggest that people, you know, look, there's a lot of people that are hiring these days and yeah. uh, a ton. And um, it's a huge topic of conversation in WIM as they're hiring. Would that be a recommendation of yours? Can I make that assumption that they should really hire a dedicated person to like 100%. lean into the tech side of it, the analysis, the data and stuff like that? Yeah, I think you have to. You have to have someone that adopts it. I say that I am a huge software adapter. Tell me who or what we have to use. Whether I love it or not, I'm going to dig in. And there's no way that you can dig into Grin and not love it. And I do speak from personal experience because I used to be a Grin customer as well, too. So like being able to see the evolution of the tool, just really maximize your time, right? Like do more. Wit, but like remove the busy work of all of the things. And you need to be able to have someone that can articulate from start to finish, like, hey, this is what we're going to do with the program. This is what I'm monitoring. This is what I'm using to be able to manage all of that. And it's completely doable if you have one person that's completely dedicated and has that right technology, like, like a software like Ren, right? That can truly prove it out given like that time, because we also have to be realistic, like to say that you're going to see results in like 30 days with an influencer campaign, it's a short win. Like, what are you truly seeing? It is kind of a long game and it is an investment, but oftentimes what we see is that person that comes in that's dedicated and truly, truly dedicated to growing out their program. What they end up doing is having to need another body to do even more because my favorite question is like, okay, I've got this under control what next? I love the what next. Like the whole goal is to get you to the what next, not to the getting started. Right. But you have to invest the time in, right? You got to crawl before you walk. You got to walk before you run. I mean, some people skip like the walking and go straight to running. So it's, <laughs> it's definitely a possibility, but like with a technology like Grin, what we're here for is minimizing like that busy work because where you should be doubling down and taking your time in is building the relationships with influencers so you can get like that authentic content so you can get authentic feedback it all go boils down to like the authenticity well that's like a pretty big misnomer i think about influencer tech but even just tech in general it's like yeah, yeah like shouldn't this just be able to like automate like put us on like autopilot and just like go and like that handles that piece of the business like i personally i don't know what your experience is but like for me you need a human or a group of humans uh -huh. to, manage <laughs> it, to interpret it to to really maximize it do you agree oh my god absolutely um i interviewed this guest Kate from try lately and she probably articulated it the best with her tool right and it's the same way that I feel about Grin or really any sort of technology. Like the technology is in place. I can take you to second or third with this technology, but you're the one that's got to, you're, you got to slide home. I can't get you all the way home. I can get you to second or I can get you to third. And it depends on the technology that you're looking at as to how far in the bases, you know, you are going. 
to do a whole other analogy with sports. But. I love it. I hope everyone <laughs> listening is a sports fan. I am. So yeah, exactly. I love the sports right. analogy. At I least baseball. Things. At least baseball. Yeah, it's baseball <laughs> season, everybody. Go with it. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, look, let's be real as well. And I, I know that you're, you are, I just, I don't know. I respect your work. Obviously, I wouldn't have had you back on the show if I didn't <laughs> think you were awesome. So, like, there are a lot of tech tools out there. And yeah. a lot of them are, you know, a lot of them do some similar things. There are certainly distinctions. I have my opinions about why I think you guys are awesome, but you know, you're in it all day, every day. Like, how do you feel like you guys really set yourselves apart? I believe that we really set ourselves apart with how we evolve the product, which I know that probably sounds almost like a little out there because I'm not giving you like the very, like very specific things. But I mean, it is like the integrations that we choose, right? We're When we look for like, all right, what kind of integrations do we want to be able to include in our tool? We look to the people who are managing the programs. What's your biggest pain point? Is it fulfillment? Because fulfillment is a big pain in the butt. I don't know if I can swear on this podcast, so I'll keep Oh, it on this one? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> but like, let it's it's fulfillment, right? Fulfillment is a pain in the ass when it comes down to it, when you're running a program, right? If I've got 10 influencers and that's a small campaign, right? It's actually a very tiny, tiny campaign is I've got 10 influencers. 10 influencers have, I don't know, two products each. Now I have to box all of those products. I have to zero it out. I have to put the order in. I have to make sure that they, I have the right address and then I've got to get the tracking number. Okay. Now I've got to log the tracking number, right? Well, what we can do is we look at e-commerce as like the biggest pain point challenge that we can attack. So we've got uh, robust e-commerce integrations with Shopify, Magento, WooCommerce, and Salesforce Commerce Cloud. And that connection allows everybody to be able to fulfill their products literally with the touch of a button. That's what it is. Everything is meant to be scalable, but also to the point where you can also have like variables in so you can connect one-on-one -on -one with people as well too right like that's why i say we really minimize the biz busy work so that you can concentrate on the personalization i mean that's pretty cool and it's smart of you guys just as a company to go so heavily into e-commerce because like yeah. I mean, it was going there before and obviously post pandemic, like it's just going there now. I don't know that enough brand, like I don't know that enough agencies are like focusing on that with the brands though, which is just interesting. Yeah. Um, and a way that I feel like agencies strategy sort of like needs to catch up a little bit because it's so, it feels so obvious. I don't know. Everyone just gets like stuck in their ways a little bit, you know? So if anyone take lots of nuggets from this episode, but <laughs> commerce guys, like, come on, like get with it. It's, it's huge. And I don't know. And then like in terms of, you know, analytics, reporting, campaign management, like influencer search, which of those things do you, cause you guys do all of that. They do. Um, yeah. And like, it's just, it's a very robust tool. I personally feel that, I don't know if you agree with this. You work for Grin. My honest <laughs> opinion is that I don't feel like there's one tool that does 
everything that a person needs. I haven't experienced it yet. It, there's usually, in my experience, you get a tool that does like 90 to 95% of what yeah. you need. And like, and then you, you know, you fill in the rest, but everybody's business is different. So like, it would be impossible yeah. for you guys to build a tool that works 100% for everybody. So with that being said, who do you think is your best customer, not their best customer, but like, who do you think is the person who's going to most benefit from your entire platform? Of <laughs> well, ironically, I think everybody could benefit from it, who I think sees the most immediate value from it. And like, without explanation are the people who are already running a program right? Like the people who have a program in place and are looking for a solution to be able to like, to your point, there's quite literally nothing out there that's hundred percent. I think that if you get to 90, 95%, like even 95% is off the charts, like, oh my gosh, why is not everybody using this? But 90, 95%, like that's definitely what you're going to get. So the people who immediately see the value because of our e-commerce integration are D2C e-commerce brands, right? That already have an existing program. They quickly see the value. They know that it takes time. They see the value of the e-commerce integration as it pertains to like fulfilling products for product seeding to an influencer for connecting the influential customers so that you can identify like the right influencers, the right influencers for your brand, right? It's that social listening part as well too. It's it's all of that that also helps give you the reporting because that e-commerce integration is so huge that not only does it help you with the fulfillment, it gives you the social listening of not availability, but it gives you the ability to um, implement social listening automatically, right? But it also gives you insight into reporting and like the data is where you also tie back that return on investment, whether it's impressions for brand awareness or it's dollars with revenue, right? Like you're gonna see that with like an e-commerce integration, which is why I think those, the D2C e-commerce brands are the ones that immediately see the value. But I'm a big believer that everybody who is running an influencer marketing program, we all kind of have the same types of workflows enough where you will be able to gain value. Because you know where I feel like is the key is 5% that is impossible to achieve. So I just I believe that it's having a really great team who will like listen to that amorphous 5% leftover and work with them to get them over the hump or to bridge the gap or whatever cliche you want to use. Um, And again, it's just because everyone's business, like if if we all were in the same business, why would we all have different businesses? So it's just natural that everybody does things a little different and has unique needs and things like that. They want to do it a little bit differently than each other. So I appreciate you guys because I've also gotten to know you guys over time. And I think that, I mean, speaking personally, I like to do business with people that I like, that I trust, that like, I, I, you know, and it's really important to me. So I do think that that's important. And I can totally vouch for you guys. I think your team is top notch. And I know you told me that last time you were on the show. You're like, I was a customer of Grin before I started working for them. And I think that speaks volumes. And I love when you tell that story. Obviously, it's a true story. And I think it's important to share with people. So you have seen the progression of the company and like what value it brought to you, but also like 
that was a while back. And so where, Oh my gosh, I know it is. It, to me, it's mind boggling. You know, I get that question just in general of like, Hey, tell me about your experience with Grin. And when it comes to like interviewing people, you know, that we're bringing on board. And to me, it's my favorite question. Cause I'm like, yeah, this is how hard I believe in this. Like I've, mm-hmm. I've seen it and it go, it's from the top down. Everybody has, we uphold these Grin values and you can also see that in our product as well too. Yeah. I love that. So it is predictions time. So I want to know sort of like what you're predicting based on your purview and in influencer marketing. What are you predicting in terms of social influencers, even like Grin's roadmap? I don't know. You take the question wherever you want to, <laughs> wherever you want to take it. But I want to know Katya's predictions. Okay. This is Katya's prediction. I believe that um, in the rest of the year coming up and also in 2022, we are going to see the definition of influencer expand. And I don't just mean by semantics, I mean in almost connotation as well too, because I'm speaking to brands all the time and not everybody uses the term influencers. It kind of almost has this like, oh, you're an influencer. You know, I don't know if like this, there's this mental picture that comes to mind, but I, I definitely see the expansion of the term influencer and actually basically the term into like creators. It is a business. Creators are a business. And that's definitely, I think, what is in the landscape for us. Yeah, I love that. I mean, it's truly a creator economy. It's an entire industry into itself. We're seeing, I mean, I've been reading articles about venture capital investing in the influencers themselves you know i mean if that's not indicative of like they are a business like that doesn't happen normally they're investing in them and all of the companies and products and etc that are going to come from that one entity because they are a brand themselves and they are their own entities i yeah i agree a hundred percent and i think that for some people it's really hard to like wrap their head around like why would you be investing in like this person or like why am i doubling down on like this part of my marketing strategy but I almost equate it to like, if you remove like the people aspect of it and you look at it as like a boutique shop, right? Like the influencer is the boutique shop and all of the clothes and the accessories or whatever they choose to like stock their boutique shop is their grid, right? Like it's their lifestyle. It's their story. It should tell, like they curate what's in their boutique store as much as they curate what's on like their Instagram feed or TikTok or, you know, YouTube, like they are curators of content. And that I think is really where like this, the business is taking it. Like we're really going to put in a ton more value on the facts that they are creators, you know, and really lean into that and, you know, make influencer not such a bad word. Yeah. And I also like, I think like, okay, so if I'm working on behalf of a brand like what can i take away from that sentiment like what would you tell i mean i don't know i would take away like obviously just mad respect to influencers um you know not treating them as like a one trick pony and like not just like one campaign and i'm done with you um you know like really leaning into them on a long-term basis is there anything else that you would you know glean from that sentiment because i agree with you I would say the same thing as well, too, is that 
as an influencer, as a creator, look for brands that want to have that long-term relationship with you. You know, like it shows that they're going to value what you're putting out to begin with, what you produce, right? Like you, you have the ability to be able to like put in your thoughts on a off from a brand perspective, right? Like, because when you develop that long-term relationship and we have that with our, with our own, what I like to call them grinfluencers, but like, I care about how they work through it, but that's through a long-term relationship. I'm like, I'm not in this just to get you started. I want us to get to that point where you're saying, all right, what's next. Right. And like, take it to the product team and like, what should we change? What would be the most impactful for you? And I think that creators, influencers, they have the ability to have that, but they should look for that. They should look for those relationships with brands that they have if they truly want to make this like their business. Yeah. And I don't know, everybody should think of their business long-term, big picture. And like if as a brand, I guess on that side, I mean, you should be investing in the right things. And so like truly to invest in influencers is such a wise decision. I guess the last question that I have for you, Katya, is like, what's noteworthy in your world that you want to share with everyone listening today? What's noteworthy in the world of Grin is that I continue to see us really doubling down on making this tool be that must have tool in your toolbox. And while I can't speak to very specifics, um, I will say seeing the evolution, especially from like being a customer, you know, six years ago to where we are now, like it has evolved to the point where it's truly, it's becoming that tool. And I think that it's something to like, bookmark it bookmark it we got we got big stuff coming up <laughs> well that's exciting to hear i think that that's part of what makes a really successful company right though is not just like creating a bunch of tools and like resting on that it's continuous yeah. growth so it's exciting to hear that you guys have a lot of exciting things in the works absolutely and i i will say the thing is we've got i think i alluded to our values and i won't go through all of our values but a couple of them really stick out when it comes to like the development of our product. And one of those is really think big. And to us, it really means like more than thinking outside of the box. It's thinking outside of the atmosphere. It's thinking outside of the galaxy. Like what is possible? Let's, if we had that magic wand, what would we do to the product? And then paired with our, you know, move fast and take action value of like, all right, let, let's, let's do the best that we can. Let's throw it out there. And not that we want to throw out like things that don't work, but like, let's test it out. Like, let's have people use it. What do they think about it? How can we make it better to truly make it better aside from like what we're thinking, you know, what we're thinking and what we're whiteboarding, right? Like there's nothing, nothing informs your product development more than someone that's actually using the tool and that can tell you how to make it better. That is like our grim DNA. Well, I will personally volunteer as your like beta tester forever <laughs> and always because I, you know, I genuinely love this stuff so much. I think it's a cool product, but more than that, I just think you're awesome. And I just ah, love having you on the show personally. Um, so thank you for coming on again. Thank you of for course. giving us your time. For anyone in the group that doesn't know Katya, please get in touch with her. Yes. Um, she's a wealth of information. She's good people. So 
if somebody wants to connect with you, we're a networking organization, Katya. What's the best way for them to get in touch with you? Absolutely. If you're a WIM member, I'm also a WIM member, but you can also find me on LinkedIn. I'm sure you can Google me and find me on Instagram, but I'm way more active on LinkedIn. Um, always feel free to shoot me a message. I will always respond. You're the best, Katya. It was great having you and thank you again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we got to have you back. Check out our website for more ways to get involved, including all the information you need about joining our collective. You can check out all the information at IamWim.com. Offer deadline on Oak Street, aisle three. Welcome to the housing market. I'm with Redfin, and I'm here to help. I need to sell my house. Great. Redfin charges a 1% listing fee when you buy and sell with us, which is more than half off the usual fee and saves you an average of $8,400. Oh, wow. Is that all? Uh, yep. I'm kidding. You had me at 1%. Want to win? Sell with Redfin. It's real estate done right. Bidding war at the offer's counter in five minutes. Average savings is Redfin refund plus 1% listing fee. Subject to minimums. Not available in all areas. Learn more at redfin.com.